Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 6th of February, 2023. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com, where you can select from numerous venues. And if you'd like to go directly to my Anchor FM hosting site, just type in spacegab.space. Well, I'll tell you what. Everybody's been looking up a lot lately this past week, but it wasn't for the space stuff. It's actually for the balloon stuff, but I'll get to that in a second. Did you hear about the earthquakes? Some pretty bad earthquake uh, happened in Turkey. I guess it was last evening. Really, really bad, and there's a lot of news coming out on that. Some very uh, videos that are very devastating looking and many losses of life and uh, much property damage. Really bad, really sad. Um, and then all of a sudden this morning, this morning around 6, a little after 6 o'clock my time here, uh, the the National um, Earthquake Center, I guess, sent out something. There was an earthquake in New York, right near Buffalo, New York, actually uh, near Niagara Falls area also. So I actually put out a uh, pretty long, extensive thread on the uh, that earthquake from New York, if you'd like to check it out at my uh, Twitter feed, where you'll also be able to read everything I'm going to be talking about on the Space Gap podcast and a whole bunch more. It's on my Twitter feed. I kind of use that as a script for the Space Gap podcast, so uh, there's much more detail involved in my Twitter feed articles or the links on on the the Twitter feed. But uh, I'll just kind of go over the articles here on the podcast. And that Twitter feed is twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta slash M-I-K-E underscore C-O-L-E-T-T-A. Okay, like I said, I've got a, a large, very large um, thread on the uh, earthquake that happened that was felt in New York this morning. Some videos that uh, I shared, some people's links of their videos and some charts and some maps, but you can go check that out if you like. But yeah, it's um near Niagara Falls, but I want to let you know Harp, one of those links on there is about Harp, the Harp Array in Alaska. And already people are blaming Harp for the earthquake in Turkey. They're blaming Harp for the earthquake in the Brooklyn area and near, near Niagara Falls. But as I said in my uh, tweet, I have not seen any notification of a Harp Array transmission startup. Doesn't mean it's not on but I'm pretty sure it's not. They usually will tell the public now because of all the things that have happened in the past with HARP and everything that they're going to be blamed about in the future. Regardless, people who are you know unaware of really what's going on with the HARP just keep on throwing out this conspiracy theory stuff. Yes, some of it is real, as we found out in many podcasts I've talked about the HARP array from the past when they first... Um, put it together, when they first started testing it, when they first started testing it for certain things, they thought, well, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that. But they're pretty much not doing that anymore. And when they do have a HARP campaign, as I follow all the time, and we've talked about that, and I've shared many of the transmission reception captures I have from the HARP array, 
uh, via the Twitter feed and also on my website. Um, that's when I tell you, and they tell us. They pretty much tell us when they're going to be firing up nowadays because they've learned from the past. Okay, that said, don't be blaming HARP for this uh, act of uh, earthquakes going on now. The earthquake that happened in Turkey, don't be blaming HARP for that. Don't be blaming HARP for the one in Buffalo, New York, or any future earthquakes or aftershocks they're going to be getting. It's not on. It's the HARP, to my knowledge, and I've searched everywhere I know where to search, where the people actually tell you, hey, HARP's going to be on. Because they want a lot of times when HARP is on, they want us to, the amateur radio community and, and just the shortwave listeners and just people in general that are interested in, in uh, transmissions of radio frequency, they want us to check it out and see if we receive HARP where we're at, all over the country, all over the world. You hear HARP transmission captures from all over the world. But HARP is not active. It wasn't HARP. So there you go. I, I, it's really bad. I guess we'll be, I'm sure they'll be having more aftershocks, both in the Turkey uh, area where they've had the earthquake and in the New York area. And we'll just have to wait and see if any other earthquakes happen across the United States that are measurable. I know there's always uh, earthquakes happening throughout the world. But um, I guess this one in uh, Turkey was really bad, really bad. So, uh, yeah. Okay, speaking of looking up, as I started out the podcast talking about Looking up at what? The balloon. China's balloon. It's, it's the, the spy balloon. Hashtag China spy balloon was all over Twitter. And hashtag balloon was all over Twitter. And a few other hashtag balloon related uh, hashtags for Twitter and other things. Facebook, I'm sure, also. I pretty much focus on the Twitter with these uh, kind of stories. But I'll tell you, I had... I probably had, oh, what, maybe four, possibly five complete threads over the, uh, the, the last week about the balloon, following it, pretty much pr- putting as much information as I can and could about the balloon. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've got a lot out there on the balloon. But the balloon, that balloon, the one they were tracking for so long, um, for so long until it was uh, actually off the East Coast, is down. It was shot down, and quite a few videos also, and still shots of um, those jets circling the area. Uh, I guess there was a, a refueling aircraft also in the area uh, that was there for a while, uh, refueling those jets, and then they finally did uh, shoot it down. And I did. I gave some slow mo uh, videos. I took some videos that were already produced out there. Of, of course, giving the credit to the person who produced them and slowed them down a little bit, enhanced them, so you could actually see the missile shooting right through the uh, the balloon itself. I, I slowed it down that much. And some other people actually uh, took some really nice photos of the aircraft uh, as they were near the balloon after they had shot it down with the missile. Of course, the missile was a lot faster than the aircraft, though. So the aircraft was way back, and the missile was way up. <laughs> so it was flying through the air. And uh, whoosh, right through the balloon, and things started falling. And I heard a lot of the people telling in the videos, hey, we see we see silver things, we see things. Well, yeah, that's the debris. And now we're seeing videos on the news of the uh, ships bringing in debris from the ocean there, where the balloon parts and the equipment that was on the balloon had fallen. So we're seeing that. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of stories about the balloon. So I'm not going to really talk about much about it because there, there's so much in social media. It attracted so much attention. Um, so many videos were made. So many uh, funny, comical videos were made 
um, is just <laughs> the, the balloon captured such attention. Uh, people were so worried about it. But, you know, unless you listen to a space podcast, you're not going to know that balloon was probably nothing compared to the satellites that are already up there, what they can capture. My gosh, China, as we talk about every week, the Chinese uh, space program is, is, is monstrous, is humongous. It's, it's so, it's, um, for them, it's a, uh, a monumental t- feat, the Chinese, and now uh, Americans and other uh, military uh, bigwigs, are you know they know they're taking notes and they're saying we got to watch this. Remember, for so long, we were reporting here and some other podcasts about the Chinese space program when it was just kind of starting up, and and, um, and now it's way more than starting up. It's pretty much in some areas it's surpassed many countries. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of satellites up there, and people have tried to share that on you know their podcasts on the Twitter on Facebook, telling people, hey. This balloon is a good attention grabber, and people thought, well, look at everybody's producing news stories about this, and and you know taking away from where really what's going on in our country and everything. It was you know they were being detracted from that, but yeah, who, it'll be interesting to see what that balloon's uh, mission was as they take a look at the parts. Now, I did a, I did have a link to a uh, pretty interesting individual who owns a company that puts high-altitude balloons and different things like this, satellites in, in orbit and in high atmosphere uh, altitudes. And uh, he was talking about what he thought it was. And he was saying, maybe that balloon is nothing more. And the Chinese, he says, have been uh, giving uh, sharing stories about this, a trillion-dollar business uh, in the works uh, for anybody who gets involved in it, pretty much. Communications, uh, telecom balloon type thing with cell phone coverage and, and different, you know, Wi-Fi coverage and things like this with high altitude balloon balloons. And he thought that it was one of these type balloons that China was testing, but it got away from them. And they wished that it wasn't discovered is what he said. But I've got a link on there also uh, to his video on my Twitter feed uh, under one of the balloon threads, one of the many balloon threads. I think I, I tried to limit to maybe five or six or seven tweets within each thread, just like the earthquake thread today. I think I've got like eight or nine threads uh, on that. But uh, I try to keep things in a subject, uh, you know, a subject thread if I can. But very interesting stuff. Now, I don't know if you saw this or heard this. This was uh, air traffic control talking to a commercial 737 pilot um, about the balloon. And I do have a link to that video also on the Twitter feed, but I just want to play the audio here so you can check it out. Uh, This is uh, ATC talking to the commercial uh, aircraft pilot. Yeah, we got it. We've seen it for quite a while now. And uh, you want to take it out? So, 737 pilot talking to ATC about that weather balloon. You want us to take it out, he said. <laughs> so, well, obviously, they're not the aircraft that took it out. A uh, Another much more uh, militarized uh, <laughs> aircraft that was sent to do the job um, successfully took out the balloon. So, But he had a lot of stuff on the balloon. And, okay, is there more balloons? Uh, they're saying there's more balloons. There's more balloons. Somebody actually even wrote that was 
prior uh, administrations knew about some balloons, similar balloons that have gone over our country and didn't tell anybody and didn't do anything about it. And, you know, that's probably right. It's probably happened. But um, now I'm hearing another balloon, possibly, and another balloon, possibly. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, balloon. Remember, I don't know, I lived in an area where the news, they had, if you type in uh, Balloon Boy, Colorado, Balloon Boy, Colorado, um, that caught the news quite a bit, but uh, a different uh, kind of balloon. Balloon Boy uh, and Colorado. Type that in, do a search engine, and check it out. But I remember following that story, the balloon story. Anyway, I'm sure we're going to hear more about these Chinese balloons. And if we do, you'll hear it here on Space Gab. <laughs> we'll see. Now let's get to this, the real space stuff. Well, now this space stuff, and there hasn't been a whole bunch of space stuff this past week, but I hope it's as exciting as it was with talking about the balloon. That balloon uh, story is pretty hard to beat. But got a few nice passes of the uh, International Space Station over the last week. I had some nice ones, and I do always share those uh, passes, what I get uh, on the Twitter feed. Um, some some graphic uh, passes, but yeah, passes some planets and and the full moon, the full moon last night. Um, what was it? The snow moon, I guess it was. I got some nice shots of that over my pond. I live right off of a pond here, right near a pond. Um, actually, my property touches almost touches the pond. It's got a little easement in between my the pond and my property here. So uh, yeah, some nice shots. Always sharing the um, videos in the morning. Of uh, the, the the waterfowl, I feed the waterfowl probably sometimes hundreds of them uh, near the pond there. I feed them every morning and get some nice videos and some nice still pictures of some beautiful sunrises. Oh, last week we had a beautiful sunrise, beautiful. Oh, you can see all that. I share it all on my Twitter feed, uh, twitter.com/slash Mike underscore Coletta. But um, yeah, I share all that, and I know a lot of the weather, like Weather Nation, is probably my best uh <laughs> they really love my videos so they're always sharing them on weather nation and there's a few others that always ask hey uh can we share this video and i always say yeah go ahead yeah so they're always putting it out there because it's really cool to hear the that wildlife you know the sounds the wildlife make and swimming and but we had a lot of the weather last week our pond was frozen for many days and um so the wildlife wasn't able to swim I kept breaking up the ice so they can get at least some drinking water there and uh, doing that and then feeding them. But finally, it got warm enough here in Oklahoma where the pond actually thawed again so they can swim. So, yeah, Weather Nation and a few others were sharing those videos, you know, daily, on the daily because all the things. But that sunrise, oh, magnificent stuff, I'll tell you. Got to share a nice capture uh, taken by the Hope Probe of Mars. Real nice capture of that um, the UAE Space Agency, the Hope Probe, captured a really cool-looking uh, shot of Mars if you'd like to go check it out on the Twitter feed. Also, uh, from iSpace, it says, uh, Yesterday, our ops team successfully carried out the third orbital control maneuver of our Haikuto-R Mission 1 lunar lander operations plan. The lander is currently traveling about 1.3 million kilometers from Earth. And they actually, it's a thread that they've got that they share there if you'd like to go uh, read that whole thread. Just talks about, uh, in preparation, it says, for the most recent maneuver, engineers at our mission control center in Tokyo ran practice simulations. The team continues to check the status of the lander daily 
and have reported that the lander has maintained stable navigation since launch on December 11th. Uh, and then it talks about the little bit more about the lander and gives you some links. But yeah, that'll be interesting with their when their lander um, actually completes its mission and and ends up on the uh, the lunar surface, and we'll probably see some pretty good stuff coming from that. Oh, I just wanted to kind of give a uh, program note. Uh, on my podcast, uh, I know there's quite a few listeners because um, it's on so many different venues that um, people will be writing me a lot now and asking me if I will be willing to interview uh, certain people, CEOs. from Like I just recently got a request, the most recent was from a company, and it would be really cool to do, but I don't do interviews with people. I just kind of like give them my – back in, what is it, 2013, I actually was interviewing more when I went to a space symposium, and there was a lot of people right there to actually interview, so I did um, interview then. But I don't interview now. I don't – I just talk space stuff, just just me. <laughs> so I basically I interview myself. But anyway, yeah, this company, uh, the, the CEO, this individual wanted me to know if I wanted to talk to the CEO from this new space um, security company that was still kind of under the radar, they said. And although that would have been kind of cool, I don't do interviews. So um, I did give the that individual some uh, references for other people who have uh, podcasts, popular podcasts, and I hope that they actually do um, you know, contact those people and they're actually to get them on their podcast. It would be interesting to hear basically what what they told me about the company and all that be kind of cool to hear uh someone interview that ceo so just want to let you know thank you i appreciate your um interest in the podcast and asking to be interviewed but like i said i've gotten numerous uh interview requests but i I just i don't do it i don't do interviews um but i'm there's there's a lot i'll tell you what there's a lot of people with a lot of podcasts out there which was really cool a lot of cool space podcasts out there. So you'll have no problem finding someone who will definitely interview um, on their podcast big time. You know, and a lot of, because I know a lot of people that are doing podcasts right now are like space enthusiasts and things like this. They've never, you know, actually worked with in, within the space agency or space support and things like that. So, yeah, they're, they're going to want to go out there with to the, to the professionals, to the people who are actually you know, touching the touching space, touching the space stuff. Um, I like I said, I I had supported the uh, space industry for almost two decades, and a bunch of st- stuff before that also that was kind of similar. And but I, you know, I, so I was actually I actually was working supporting NASA and a bunch of other <laughs> agencies uh, having to do with space on all aspects of space. So I I got my hands dirty w- with space. And uh, a lot of stuff under my belt about space. Not saying I'm an expert, but I at least I got to work with a bunch of experts and uh, do a lot of work in space and help produce um, a better space program. Um, maybe someday I'll go into a, some of it, what I can talk about. But it was kind of cool, working for space and the different things I did. Uh, although if you go to my one of my websites, you can pretty much see the different organizations I worked at. And I actually have the patches or the little uh, logos of the bunch of the people I supported on one of those websites. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, yeah, so, but behind-the-scenes stuff was kind of cool, and some of the things I was able to do for the space program was really awesome. So, but, yeah, so thank you so much for wanting to get on the podcast to be interviewed, but there's lots of good people out there that are doing some really good podcasts having to do with space, and I'll be able to do that. So there you go. Well, this is kind of cool. Um, what is it? Grav, 
Gravitol Labs, Gravitol Labs, I guess it is, UAV solution ascended 2,000 feet and then released the payload within the patent-protected Lewis, Lewis drop pod, achieving a period of microgravity, a world first for generating a sustained microgravity environment using a UAV system. Wow. Space Reference tweeted this out. Uh, they've got a little article there if you'd like to go check it out. But yeah, look at this thing. It, says, it looks like a little drone, UAV, and it's got their little uh, Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, little pod hanging from the bottom of it, and they dropped it, <laughs> and it achieved microgravity. So they're saying, hey, we can do this. We can, You can test your, your products in a microgravity environment right here on Earth. Uh, just let our little drone <laughs> take it to the sky and drop it. So if you'd like to go check that article out, uh, let's see, Gravital Labs, Gravital Labs, UAV solution. There you go. Another International Space Station spacewalk occurred on uh, February 2nd. Spacewalkers Astro Duke and Astro Wakata officially began their spacewalk, and uh, they completed the tasks that a previous spacewalk had set up. It was That was for their future solar array installation uh, that will help boost the power for the ISS. Uh, we talked about those spacewalks. I think, that, isn't that like the third? Maybe not four. I don't think they had four spacewalks. I think that was the third one that they've done for this um, rollout solar array. I covered the I covered pretty much the first one in depth and just kind of mentioned the other ones. So they're just kind of, it's they're kind of finishing it up. Doing that array, uh, solar, that rollout array was, you know, obviously based on having the, the number of spacewalks they had to do was pretty complex. So uh, let's see, maybe they're done. I said they, it says complete the tasks, begun. So maybe they're done now, hopefully. We'll see. But I'm sure you always got to go outside and tweak some things sometimes. And uh, at least they're able to do it and getting really good at it too. So a lot of stuff going on at the International Space Station. Uh, besides just reflecting nice, cool um, picture quality lights back to Earth so we can capture their orbital passes here uh, from wherever we're at. Well, this one was kind of interesting. Think Orbital. That's their Twitter, at Think Orbital. They tweeted out, thrilled to announce that the Colorado Economic Development Commission has approved a $540,000 incentive for our future headquarters. We'll be building in an R&D facility to develop our Think platform in Colorado. So I said, I go, okay, I'll bite, because I used to work and live in Colorado, because uh, that's where Space Command um, is now, but they're trying to move it, of course, I hear. And um, I worked, you know, that's where we were working out of. That that whole, in Colorado, is big in space. That uh, The bases around there, um, quite a few space uh, logistics and uh, development and contractual and a lot of space uh, militarized uh, stuff going on there. Not, you know, where they con- not control the stuff. Well, actually, some places where they control it, like Cheyenne Mountain and all But I, I you know, I've worked all that stuff. But um, where the where they work, you know, the desk work. <laughs> so and a lot of the brain work and things like this going on out there in Colorado. So um, that's why a lot of space companies, space industry companies, are going to Colorado a lot of times, and obviously these guys want to go there too, uh, because there's there's a lot of space infrastructure already in place in the state of Colorado. 
And uh, I was in the Colorado Springs area, and you know, there's a lot, quite a few there, and a lot of companies, a lot of contractor companies there, um, a lot of bases there. You know, I was at uh, Peterson Air Force Base at the time, Cheyenne Mountain for a while, uh, Air Force Station there, and um, uh, Space Command, and a bunch of other the logistics support squadrons, and 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 wings, and you name it. Like I said, there's a lot of support. In Colorado for the space industry, uh, and these guys think. But I went and looked at their video, and um, this—it's uh, they call it their Think Platform Assembly Demo video. Kind of interesting how this thing went. If you, I do have a link on the on the website, or just go to their Twitter feed at Think Orbital, and you can see that a lot of this stuff, um, how they're sending this spacecraft up, and how it. It's actually it's like a ro- robot, robotic assembly of this assemb- of this building of this structure in space. It goes up there, just basically. It looks like the spacecraft alone, and by the time this video is done, you've got the spacecraft and this structure attached to the spacecraft. So it's kind of cool looking. But uh, yeah, go check it out if you like. Like I said, it it was it was well worth the watch because it, you know, I well I would imagine they're going to have to do a lot of testing. On the ground in Colorado, as they're saying, uh, to get this thing to work. But you, but the animation is really good, and how they're going to be doing it, locking in the panels and things like that. So uh, doing that here, and then completing that in space would be interesting to watch. So this is this is definitely one heck of a project to follow for me anyway. Well, it looks like SpaceX put another uh, batch of uh, Starlink satellites. In orbit, looks like look, 53 on the 2nd of February liftoff. I got a, some video links on that about the uh, SpaceX Starlink launch and satellites. And um, many, uh, I think there was supposed to be another SpaceX launch yesterday. I saw, it and I think they're going to wait and try to attempt it today. Um, but I'm not real sure on. Uh, I didn't. I actually haven't looked because all this other stuff that's been going on. I didn't really look into that story to see what the next SpaceX launch is. So, but trust me, there's all kinds of people following this SpaceX, all their launches and everything. So, that, um, me not talking about it here, you're not going to miss anything because there's so much. SpaceX is a big subject matter for uh, everybody in the space industry. You just go anywhere and type in SpaceX, and bam, you're gonna let you're gonna know what was what's launching today. Hair in space. <laughs> I've got a I've got a picture link in there. Roscosmos cosmonaut and Expedition 68 flight engineer Anna Kakina on the International Space Station, and I put in there. I go, and that's a lot of red hair. You got to see this photo of her hair. It's got to be a, a record. I remember there's been um, some female astronauts before with long hair that have taken videos, and I think they, I think some of them even had, and I think I talked about it in the past, where they actually did hair maintenance uh, videos from the International Space Station, how to maintain a, a, a head of hair when you got long hair on the ISS. Well, uh, Anna Kakina, she's got some long hair. <laughs> I don't, there's a lot of hair there. So if you'd like to go check that out, uh, there is. I do have a uh, space ref uh, on Twitter actually shared that out, and then they had a story on that, and I just kind of linked their story on that. I'll link to their story. 
So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a lot of hair. Oh, also, I'm just looking down here, and I see, let's see, SpaceX. Oh, besides their Starlinks, I guess, they had, previous to that other launch, they had some ride shares going on, too, it looks like. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm just scrolling down on my uh, Twitter feed here, looking at the different things. Yeah, so um, more than just Starlinks went up. Some ride shares also, some uh, tugs, space tugs also went up uh, on that launch. So also, let's see, I have here another Sierra space successful test of the inflatable habitat unit. Uh, space Ref also gave a uh, story on that if you'd like to go check it out. So it's, it's uh, in, inflatable. You'll, well, you'll see it. They're doing everything on the ground first. Although we've had some inflatable habitats um, in the past. And that was quite a few years ago when they first started testing these habitable uh, in, in, in habitats, inflatable habitats up there. Uh, I, I remember tracking some of those when they were first testing them a long time ago. And they were, they were going through that uh, Air Force space fence. I talked about that in the past when I used to track things going to the, uh, through the space fence, uh, the, the radio uh, reception uh, returns from that space fence. When I made that, that big Yagi antenna out of metal coat hangers, we talked about that in the past. So, yeah, that, and those were inflatable habitats also that I used to get the pingbacks from when they were up there. But this is a whole new new segment. I think there's there actually there's a few companies testing out these uh, habitats that will, that will be going in space. So like I said, space is the place, and a lot of people know it, and it's really been busy. Well, the Mars Helicopter Ingenuity scored flight number 41. Isn't that something? Uh, and they sent back some cool images of uh, Rocky Top it captured during that flight. So they said the flight was a scouting trip for the Perseverance rover, which might visit the area soon. So they sent the uh, Ingenuity helicopter first to scout the area where Perseverance rover may be going soon. Some cool shots if you'd like to see uh, those. Flight number 41, can you believe it? 41 flights. They, they weren't expecting this. There's no way. And we talked about this. 41, isn't that something? Also, um, last podcast, if you listened, I had a question about, they showed a depiction of the, remember the sample return that Perseverance is doing? And it's, you know, grabbing uh, samples of Mars and putting them in tubes and then dropping the tubes and then they had a depiction of the uh, returned spacecraft that's going to be going up there. And with the little robotic arm, it showed it picking up the tubes. And um, and I questioned, I go, well, are the tubes all being placed in one area and not as, as, as the Perseverance's rover is moving along the surface of Mars, taking samples and then dropping off a tube to be picked up? They're not all in one area are they? And I kept thinking, I don't remember that. And because the lander it shows in its depiction, it just shows the landing pad um, of this spacecraft, unless there's a robotic a rover there that I didn't see in the spacecraft itself with the uh, arm. But, it, but it, what it showed, it showed the landing craft with its pads that looked like it was a stationary landing craft with the robotic arm picking up a tube. You know, and a, and that tube would be brought back to the spacecraft and put in, and eventually would return, would take off and return to Earth. But it didn't look that's like the spacecraft, the landing craft could move. But now they sent out a tweet 
on uh, the NASA JPL. It says, um, it's official. NASA Perseverance has dropped the final tube for the Mars Sample Return Depot. And they call it a depot. Ten samples have been deposited on the Martian surface and could be returned to Earth for in-depth analysis in the future. Now, along with this tweet, and you need to go to the tweet and see it. It's uh, I've got a, It's January 30th is the tweet. This is when they tweeted it out, January 30th. So on my Twitter feed, go check it out. But it has a picture of the tube, a picture of the rover, and a map of where the tubes have been dropped. And they haven't been dropped uh, all in one spot. It's it's You can see the tracks of the rover. So the rover actually moved, and you can see the location of every one of these tubes on this map, this, I, this, this graphic illustration of the map. So my question is still, and I, I posed it to them, but I never got an answer. So I said, hey, can that spacecraft, how are you going to move to all these locations to, and using this robot arm from the depiction I saw on one of the other, the previous tweets? But I didn't get anything back yet from them, so I'll just have to wait and see what they say, um, if they do. Or, or, you know, basically pretty much going to have to wait for the um, the mission to occur. Now, this might have been a, a preliminary uh, depiction of this spacecraft that's going to be returning them. So maybe that's what it is. And maybe my question will help them. Well, yeah, we got to move. <laughs> We're definitely going to have to move around based on this map where they actually placed the uh, sample return tubes. It's not, they're just not in one area, like a depot, they're saying, in a depot. So so the, the spacecraft or the 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 the, the uh, craft that's going to be coming back to Earth is going to have to have a way to move around to grab these tubes based on the locations in this map. That's all I'm saying. So we'll see. We'll wait and see. Like I said, if I have to wait and see for the final product, that's fine. I just saw. I thought it was curious when I first saw the original depiction in the last podcast, and then I saw afterward that they had shared this map. I go. Okay, my concerns were right. How are you going to get all the samples if the thing's not moving? But anyway, that's that's they. I'm sure they've got it handled. Well, that's it. Until next time. Space Cowboys.